I know, I know, season two is over, but what is not over is creativity. And also, this really special code, 20% off right this second at NathanMorrisMusic.com. Click any item and at checkout, type in NMM20. That is N as in Nathan, M as in Morris, M as in Music 20 for 20% off any shirt you purchase at NathanMorrisMusic.com, the official merch store. There is good stuff happening. You hold tight. I assure you to continue to meet you where you are and please meet me where I am on all the socials, like buying you something and then taking a picture of it and tagging me on Insta at Nathan Morris or saying something to me at Nathan Morris Music on TikTok and all the other fun places. January 20th, a new single releases, a new record in the works, soon to have a release date for that too. And then hold tight because season three is just around the river bend. You're loved far more than you could ever know. Thank you for all that you bring to this life because you are worthy. Head over to the store right now and grab you some swag. Code NMM20. Die Trying contains sensitive subject matter and conversations surrounding death and dying and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is respectfully advised. Quick announcement before we dive in to this episode of You'll Die Trying. Yes, a season... Like in life, seasons change and things happen. And season two is coming to an end. But that's okay. Because we have Thanksgiving and Christmas and the new year and new resolutions and new things that are starting all the time. Like a big announcement of me getting ready to purchase two new locations. And of course, me right this second in Baltimore, Maryland at NFDA, the NFDA convention, shaking hands, high-fiving. I mean, really, that's what's going on here. Yes, season two is coming to a close soon, but not yet. And speaking of, be sure to stream some of that music. Yes, this guy. Me, right here, the guy with two thumbs pointing at himself that you can't see unless you follow me on TikTok at Nathan Morris Music in this video. And yes, check me out wherever it is you stream your music, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Music, whatever music. Okay, now you've been warned. Nothing like a good, swift kick in the gut to reset, to restart. I think, I know... In chaos, you have two options. You can lie down, find a rock, maybe cover yourself up with some nice leaves, get cozy because you're going to sit in it, you're going to sulk, you're going to feel sorry for yourself, and you're not going to do anything to get better, to get out of, to progress, to proceed, to move that ball forward, to move the needle, whatever the analogy. You can just lie or you can fight and you can persevere. I received an email the other day. It basically said all of these things that I need to work on, not just things that I'm doing wrong and period, that's it. It's 
constructive. And a part of this email really stood out and continues to resonate in my brain. It's saying, and I'm paraphrasing, it says this email and how you respond will determine the kind of man and leader you are. One that makes excuses or one that gets busy acknowledging fault, accepting a moment of failure, but persevering. And that is what I've done. I refuse to settle. I refuse. I refuse to lose. And I refuse to not continue to grow as a human, as a business person. It was an amazing life lesson, probably, arguably, one of the most painful, to be honest. But nonetheless, here we are, and we are together, you and myself, at season two. 158 of You'll Die Trying. This is a show which pulls back the curtain, takes down the walls brick by brick, and exposes the true hearts of those who are caring for those you love most, even the most vulnerable and painful. I mean, no one that calls us wants to hear about my tough email or no one I work with who's been up all night wants to hear about it. They just want to know that I support them, and I do, and actions speak louder than this podcast. We'll talk about that. Each and every episode of You'll Die Trying is brought to you exclusively by our friends at Big Turkey Foot Coffee. Yes, the men and women behind that delicious brown brew, the roasters with the mosters. Head over to right now, NathanMorrisMusic.com. Grab you some swag. Like I said, on my way to Baltimore, I want to see somebody in Nathan Morris T listening to Nathan Morris on their, you know, their AirPods or whatever pods or headphones, cans they have, whether it's music or whether it's this podcast. I would love it. You can high five, knuckle bump. Is it fist bump? Chest bump? I don't know. One of the bumps. That would be neat. And our friends at EFF, who I will be seeing at NFDA this year in Baltimore, workers working tirelessly on the back end to take insurance, assigning proceeds to cover the balance due. So on the front end, the most important end, that thing is not looming over the heads of the family who are just wanting to gather celebrate, create a meaningful celebration with the funeral director because that's most important. Again, visit expressfuneralfunding.com to learn how Express can benefit and bless your funeral home as you bless the families that we all serve. Announcements, announcements, announcements. I received an email not too long ago and I was taken aback. You know, you have clout and clout is established by being knowledgeable. I mean, not just being knowledgeable, but being captivating, right? Being thought-provoking. A thought leader, my friend Jared says. A thought leader in a space where, hey, this is what I believe, and I'm going to forge this path. And along the way in forging, you you create this movement because people are like, I really like what you're saying. I like what you're doing. And they look up to, they look toward for advice. It's amazing that this email happened, and it's Lisa Bowie. Lisa Bowie operated a very successful funeral home operation, her and her family, serving thousands of families, bereaved families a year because thousands and thousands of people entrusted her to care for them during their darkest nights. 
and Lisa did all this during a time when funeral service wasn't so much a woman's world. It was arguably more so man-driven. And this woman, an individual, has, like I said in the beginning, she chose to fight and push forward and not lie there with leaves covering her, keeping her warm. Lisa is now the funeral coach. Lisa has taken all of the knowledge she has acquired over the years, the decades of care, and has devoted her life now to progressing this profession, educating. It's amazing. And we had a really beautiful conversation because that email I received, Lisa wanted to sit and talk. And so talk we did. She's brilliant. She's elegant. She's lovely. She is a true pioneer in this profession. And the clout thing, right? Years. The clout thing is an earned thing. You know, you can have a tenure. You can have years of experience. But if you cannot have people walking along close to you in that path you forged, then I wouldn't say you have clout. I would just say that you've done a lot of (laughs) maneuvering and noise making. I don't know. I mean, argue with me if you wish, but clout is something that whenever people say funeral profession or consultant or funeral coach, they think of Lisa Bowie. And Lisa Bowie Lisa Bowie thought to talk to me and encourage me. And this is how this is how the story went. A show which pulls back the curtains, takes down the walls brick by brick, and exposes the true hearts of those caring for those you love most. here today with a fellow funeral director, a fellow podcaster, and not a fellow musician, because I don't sing well, (laughs) but uh, Nathan Morris, we are so glad to have you on our podcast of Your Funeral Coach Talks. You're part of our leadership series, and this is pretty exciting because you are the first millennial owner that we've interviewed so far. And you're really growing yourself, your business, your podcast series, and your music as well. So let's talk and hear more from Nathan and about Nathan. Tell us about yourself. How'd you get started in this business? Thank you for that introduction. That's amazing. I think I'm going to just let you travel around with me. And anytime I introduce myself, I'll say, this is Miss Lisa Bowie, and she's going to introduce me. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, I got started in this because I saw a pretty girl. Ah. I was home for my birthday. Yes, I lived in North Carolina working on a new record, came home for my birthday. My brothers forced me to go out. We were out having dinner and drinks, and this 
Brunette walks by and I thought she was pretty. She didn't know who I was. And the former me was this selfish person. And I went up and spoke to her and the rest is literally history. We became best of friends. Her father, my late father-in-law, he had been working at Haley McGinnis Funeral Home for 60 years, uh, 50 at the time. Wow. That's a long time. I, I thought 42 years time. for me was a long time, but that's, that's cool. 50 year, 50 plus. That's awesome. It's wild. And, and, you know, and my perception of funeral service growing up as a little boy was the man in the suit. Right. And here we are with, uh, which is ironic because here we stand 10 years, 11 years later, and most of Moore's family are females in suits and dresses. And I love it. But that's what attracted me. That's, that's cool. So a girl attracted you. And now most of your funeral directors are all female. I love that. Congratulations on that, by the way. Mine are as well at Bowie's. We we left a long legacy of wonderful females, and and men are great too. So let's not you know let's not go backwards there. But we we know that women are coming into our profession more and more frequently. So that pretty girl's name is Megan. Megan, you Megan, married her? Really made a name? Yes, we married. We have four boys. Oh, wonderful! Eight, seven, three, and one. We are Yay. absolutely those people. Yes, it's wild. It's it is wild. wild. I have three grandsons, and I don't know how my my son is now a stay at home dad. And by purpose and design, so his wife could have an opportunity to go back to her career and work for a while, um, which your generation is doing so well, and I think that's cool. I don't know how you guys do the work-life balance thing with you and Megan, but we, that's a whole other topic for another day. So you start, you met her in 210 to something and, and then asked her dad for a job? How'd that go? April the 3rd, we met. June 26th was my first day. Okay. May the 13th, I went to his office and I said, I want a job. And he said, son, you're out of your damn mind. <laughs> you know nothing about the funeral service. And I said, I will be the best employee you've ever had. And I sat in his office for four hours until he gave me an opportunity. And you did not ask that to marry is- his daughter yet. That came later. No, no, no. no. That, came, that came later. And, and the answer and response when I asked his... Uh, for his blessing was quite similar. He said no. <laughs> he said no. He, he said turned no. you down. Yeah. He said you're not. You're not ready. Oh. You're not. You're not established enough. And I said, with all due respect, are you ever ready enough? And are you ever established enough? Wow. So you. So and you kept going. Said, How'd you get him to say yes? Well, that response I think answered the question yeah. for him because it's true. It doesn't matter how little or how much or how little you know, or how much you know, you're never where you want to be. Right. You always want to keep learning. That's good. Good to hear. So that's that's a good sign of a leader to keep learning. Okay. So then you go to mortuary school. You went to Arapahoe Community College out in in Denver. And did Megan go with you? Were you guys married then? She, no. uh, Maybe we were married. The time just kind of connects i actually did virtual learning and then i would fly back and forth from my lab oh that's wonderful and, which was awesome to do that and then we were engaged to be married that's correct and and i finished mortuary school i took uh took like a year to finish that because i just did it concurrently good for you and then i was serving an apprenticeship simultaneously good for you so you can do that in you did it in kentucky correct you could do it whenever I went to school. Then they took it away, but now you can do it again. Oh, that's good. And it was awesome. I encouraged Isn't that. it awesome now you can take the, the classes online and you can do an apprenticeship and internship and all those things. This is, this is so much needed by our profession. Agreed. So then what happened? 
So somehow you became a president and CEO of 10 funeral homes. So this doesn't happen by accident. How'd you get there? It, I am perpetually coming up with ideas. I'm, I'm, <laughs> That's I, good. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse to be so sensitive to my surroundings. Uh, ever since I was a little guy, I always have known who not to be close around to and who to draw nearer toward. And I would pay close attention to those entering the funeral home. I don't come from the funeral profession, so I have a sensitivity to people entering. You can, uh, the funeral home has to be a welcoming environment. It has to be uh, an inclusive environment. It has to be non-threatening. We were missing the mark in all these instances. And in 2013, I had started in 2010, but 2013, I really was like, okay, we're, we're striking out heavily. And it, striking out. So thing. you mean expanding, right? Striking out, like strike out, like, Oh, you're outs, not making out. it. No, no, okay. we're do- no, 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 no. We had not striking out to go gone. to new adventures, but you were failing. No failing. We were absolutely stagnant. And those are very tough conversations and admissions to make when you're in business, especially a business that's been around since 1902, wow. 1909 thing. Yes. So I, I would go to my father-in-law's office and I'm like, we need to do this, 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 and this. And obviously I had no leg to stand on because <laughs> what do I know? Right. I'm just the dumb apprentice. And in my father-in-law's defense, he didn't, he didn't say that, but it took a lot of trust building. Right. So I would pay close attention, uh, implementing in 2016 the 10 second rule and that you have to be you have to be welcomed you have to be greeted within 10 seconds because people take 10 seconds to develop what a first perception of you a first impression of you so the open door policy open hand policy all these different things the the changing of the guard these these seasoned funeral directors that were getting grumpy and should have retired 10 years, 15 <laughs> years prior. I mean, that's a real thing. Our website was built in 19, whenever the World Wide Web first had come out. <laughs> There's a lot of websites built, out there still like that, Nathan. It's so sad. It is. It's so bad. <laughs> I know. And those are things that I'm like, we need to do this. We need to do this. So I realized that you have to, you know, to, to eat an elephant. It's one bite at a time. So we went from the premier location. And then in our community, we were the you know, we were the smallest firm. So we just started with our people and we created culture. We recreated culture because culture happens. I love that. So I became obsessed. I, I became obsessed with people, the, the right people. And pretty quickly, those people that weren't the right people were, you know, jumping They kind of weed themselves out, don't they? So putting the Absolutely. right people in the right seat of the bus, but you purposely went out to find the right people. Now, funeral service is really having some tough times right now, finding and recruiting. And I saw, I think it was an ad or something that you put in looking for new people. And I was very impressed with that ad. So how do you find the right people and get the right people on the seat of the bus? This job ad was something about you're looking for a good human. I thought that was very cool. Mm -hmm the way you said that. They must be articulate in speech and writing, strong communication skills. Uh, you have to like monday.com. <laughs> Tell us about monday. that. Com. Tell us about it's that. It's a workspace. How many times, and you, you've you been doing this longer than I, and you probably have had these scenarios, maybe not because you run a, a very tight ship. You get to the back of the coach, and then all the directors are standing, and they're almost like, who's going on the funeral? And so it's you know, someone stumbles into the vehicle to drive it. And there's this organization is non-existent. Communication is subpar uh, that 
that all creates a sense of frustration and who's up next you can drive the hearse now right (laughs) it's it's the weirdest thing and i was i was like why are we like why are we doing it like this this is not working obviously everyone's just getting mad and not enjoying their job Hmm. so we created these opportunities and workspaces where there's communication throughout literally within our 10 rooftops i could look on monday.com or workspace and see who's going on what funeral at what time how many cars they're taking and all of that in real time it can update populate if i love we that. get multiple death it's it's real so to find the right people believe it or not i mean a lot of our people have not been in the funeral profession before that's great how do you find them you find them around town, you send them off to mortuary school, give us some tips and, and of the trade of, as you as a leader have grown this business to 10, 10 rooftops and you're finding the right people and they're highly skilled. I mean, your ad says creative, assertive, individual, willing to learn, works well in cooperation with others, is longing for community involvement. So you're looking for specific kind of people. I love it. They have to meet the Morris family's dress and grooming standards. That's good. And you're a very well-dressed young man. I've seen pictures Thank of you. you. very much. I've got, I have my, my ties a little loose today. I, I remember the first one. The first one we hired outside of the funeral profession, Christine, who actually today just got promoted to manager of our flagship, Haley McGinnis Funeral Home. Yeah, Christine. Which is a very big deal Yay. because I just, yes, I, that was the first location that I managed. And then we passed. Yes, so you're amazing. replacing yourself. She, I replaced myself. That's good. I fired myself and replaced with Christine, who we found at a juice bar. A juice bar. And you liked the way she found was serving juice? juice? She was warm and I friendly? I the way that she, warm and friendly, communicative. She made the drink exceptionally well. She was detail oriented. It was a scurvy blaster is what it's called. And the way in which she took out each ingredient to create it. And it wasn't just uh, step by step, which now is seen with her arranging a funeral. It's not just arranging the flowers. It's not just scheduling which chapel. There is intentionality behind it. And that resonated. We went one day, Megan has said, this girl is a rock star. And we went back a second day and we're like, hey, you're a rock star. We want you to come and work with us. And she said, I've always wanted to be a forensic pathologist. I see. So the world's kind of aligned already with what her passions were. She has this nurturing ability because she worked at a church and she worked in the children's, you know, the children's service. It just, it was divine and how it worked out. And I could give you story after story about that. Finding people, Crystal, who oversees our monuments and who oversees a lot of our pre-need and our cemetery care. She came from the newspaper. She was from the newspaper world and sold ads, like advertisements in space. And she had, you know, she had uh, companies that she would call on. I met some really good preeny people that came to us that I recruited when they were trying to sell me ads. I get that. Mm-hmm. So yep. do you help pay them, pay their way through mortuary school? How do you get them licensed and get them up and running in your company? Do they just come work for you? Um, you pay them a salary uh, and then you send, them, you send them online to school? How's it work? Tell us how you, we for, now we, we recruit, now you time. get them in there. What do you do? Yeah, for the longest time, my father-in-law, the old school is like, hey, I had to earn my way, so I'm paying, you have to pay your way. I'm not, that's not a mock thing. That's more like a, a very disciplined. I get it. That was that generation. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah. And I honor that and admire that because I don't want handouts and there's something beautiful about earning my own way. Surely. 
we have we have brought on uh, Christine, and then there are others who we have be- begun to invest in. Right, that's a that's an investment that they're making for their lives, and so we have we've hired them on full time. We've offset expenses. We've we've uh, funded some some schooling for these individuals. And because we want to show them, hey, you know, let's grow old together. That's whenever we bring on a new uh, team member, that's that is my signature way of signing off on a welcome note is I say, let's grow old together. I love that. And that's uh, that's what I really believe. And it's not lip service. And so we're we're obsessed about investing in people that are committing their lives. Right. Not to us, but to work alongside us. This is very true. I love how you said that. Well, it's like a marriage. It's like a family. It's like bringing people into your family and supporting them while they're there, while they're growing up. So very cool. Good for you. Good for you. So how has the funeral home business changed from when you first started to where it is today? And, 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 and by change, I mean, what do you think are the positive things that you've done that funeral home owners and business managers and people can learn from you? I am receptive to ideas. Open. You're I open think to it's ideas. It's always been done. It's always been done this way is the worst thing that's happened to our profession. We've done it this way for forever, which doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just change is inevitable. Let's embrace it. And our profession has a hard time with change. I think introducing welcoming technology the way that I have and have implemented it comp- company wide has created free time. Time time that we don't seem to have a lot of, you know, that's, that's actually one of the most important things for all these, these new newcomers to this profession. They want, they want time. Some on our team are driven by money and they love money and bonus opportunities, right? Performance opportunities, uh, where they can bonus based upon their performance. Like incentives for serving a family. Well, yep. So you have all that. And, uh, have all that. Most people, however, want time. Yeah, they want time. So how do you how do you time. give them more time, Nathan? Do you do paid time off? Uh, obviously, vacations. Um, you know, you get a free afternoon off if you hit certain goals. I, I, how do you tell us how you help your people, especially? And my guess is a lot of them are millennials um, that you're growing. Uh, some zillennials coming out of school soon. And how do you give them that time? and balance it with being a 24 seven, seven days a week, nights, holidays, weekends. I say, I know that that is important to you. How about you create and suggest ways to, to create more time, whether that be a schedule update, whether that be uh, some new idea. Also, also our workspace, the workflows, critical, pivotal, Right, you're sitting there with your huge pile of paperwork post arrangement. Mm-hmm. Well, the way it's always been done is that funeral director orders the vault and orders the flowers and does this. And Doesn't does that take a license to do that, does it? No. Here you are, Michaela, and you are an incredible rock star at our first impressions. And I know you're already sitting at the computer and you're very organized and detail oriented. So here's all the paperwork that I need your assistance with. Here you are, Micah. Here is the care center preparation sheet. It's all digitized anyway. Everybody's communicating via digital workspaces. Boom, it's done in 20 minutes instead of three hours. That just saved you two hours and 40 minutes. What are we going to do for the next two hours, 40 minutes? That's real. That is real. That's real. That is real. So higher efficiencies, allow your people to give you input um, and get rid of paper. (laughs) 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, stop killing okay. trees. That was one of my goals. I wanted to stop okay. killing trees by 2030. That was my goal. Yeah. Man, we we are absolutely. Uh, we've cut our paper in half good. per arrangement. Good. Yep. Abs- absolutely proud of that. Yep. Very good. So when your when your staff makes time is you go ahead. I didn't mean to speak over. No. I just think time is it, you can't replenish. You time. cannot. There's no more. You of can't it. get After it back today. This day never. Yes. So you have to be mindful of that. We need to get out of the mindset of this is a 24 hour day job. Yep. Yes, it is. Are you open on weekends all weekend long? If we have no families to serve, then no. You close the doors. Answering. You put a little close sign outside. Just call us at this number if you for need help. For immediate, for immediate assistance, please contact us at this number. Right. So yes. directors are on call. So if a family shows up at the front door and the door's locked. Now here's old school saying we can't do that. We have to be open 20, 24-7, right? So new school says, you know, here's a phone number. Um, just give us a call and we'll, we'll get a hold of you and we'll, we'll take care of you right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We have a we have a sign on the door. Does the staff and come in to see that family, or do they arrange an appointment for the next day? Either or. Yeah. I, we're, we we educate our team to take the pulse and what's our title? Funeral director. Right. So that we're readily available for you and your family. We're so honored you're standing on our porch right now. We have paperwork that we want to make sure is available. Is ten o'clock tomorrow more comfortable, or is one o'clock? tomorrow afternoon more comfortable please let me know and then you just wait. and you make suggested schedules that you already know you have those two appointment times open i love it it's their idea the end you don't have to drop everything again time and rush to the funeral home frustrated annoyed you know we're human beings so we're not going to always be just so chipper yay let's go arrange a funeral at six twenty-two in the evening <laughs> it's been there just, done that Educated. My dad kept the business open till 10 o'clock. And by the time we were done with visitation, back when we had lots of visitations, I had a hundred flowers. I had to clip cards and write descriptions on the back. And then I got to move the flowers into the chapel and do a whole full setup. And then about 11 o'clock, a family wanted 500 more prayer cards that we printed by hand, one at a time on an old machine. I didn't get home till 1230. And then it had to be up the next morning and in the office at eight. That, that was, right, ridiculous. That was the tail end. It was. We were on the tail end of that part. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. I, I didn't have to well, do I'm glad that. to hear this. So you close on weekends, on, on holidays too. Uh, holidays, nope. Mm-mm. We'll talk to you on the phone, give you love and care. But our staff quality and the quality of our staff lives is more important. Because if you don't take care of your staff, then you're going to lose your good people, right? That you just recruited. How can you take, how can we expect our staff to take care of the people if we're not taking care of our staff? I totally agree with that. There's been a study through the American Board of Funeral Service Education that came out of the mortuary schools a couple years ago, and I'm hoping we'll get a new one soon. But they're showing that 50% of the mortuary graduates are not staying in the profession after five years. The majority of them, back then it was 60%, now it's up to 70% are women. So what do you do to help the girls? They're going to have babies. They're going to get married. I've heard previous generations and some of the most genders men say, well, I don't want to hire a woman because she gets pregnant and then she gets menopause when she gets older and then she wants time off for the babies. How do you, how do you help with that? I've heard, I've heard all of that, which is crazy, crazy, crazy to say, because I'm 37. Why we celebrate life and memories and moments and what, more 
captures that than a newborn baby. Yeah. New life, new memories, new moments. Uh, Megan had four. So who am I to say, how dare you ladies of, of staff to go and have babies? Welcome them and let them have their time with their child. You know, actually, believe it or not, most people are going to want to get off FMLA and come back to work. Get that baby to a babysitter, you know, encourage it. I had a playpen in my office for my second. Um, After my dad died, I was able to bring my baby in. And my assistant was, I was like, do you mind watching her real quick while I go downstairs and see a family? Um, I was, I was, you know, pumping on the job <laughs> and storing it in the freezer. And, and the guys thought I was nuts, but I was like, well, I want to nurse my amazing. baby, but I also want to be a funeral director. So there is a way to balance that. And you have to be a supportive employer to allow those things. Can, can they bring the kids into work if they need to? Yes. Sure. What feels more loving than walking into a funeral home and seeing a newborn baby? Exactly. That's beautiful. That's amazing. I used to put my, my little one on a sack it. in the front of me, and I'd walk in and see a family. And they loved they it. They loved it. They said, oh, my gosh, thank you for, for coming. Forever. It's just because you're there to give them comfort. I love that. Well, you're doing all the great yes. things. Now, let's talk about a little bit your podcast. So tell us sure. about You'll Die Trying. When did you start it? Why did you do it? How is it helping your business? started a few years ago and Dr. Caroline and myself, we did a season one together where we would just, you know, it was a communication conversation between a therapist and a funeral director. And what happens and what came of that was just funny and, and raw. And then we took some time off and I wasn't even going to continue Dr. Carol as, as chief uh, operating officer of Morris family and his own private practice. He is slammed with caring for these families and following up and walking alongside them in their grief journey. So he's like, if you want to keep going with this, that is absolutely great. And I'm going to cheer you on from the stands. He, he did not want to take away time from these families, which touche, you know, kudos to him for doing that. And then Micah, who's a new team member of ours, she was like, you need to do the podcast. And I'm like, dang it, Micah, you know, because I, at this same time, I realized that we needed to pull back the curtain. Yes. Because... You know, what happens behind the door doesn't have to be scary, gross, creepy, or a uh, secret. I agree. And so that's how it happened. And it's just every every week, it's either uh, a story of a family we've served, whether it be the three children who were killed in the fire, oh dear. or the, the response, in my view, from the Uvalde shooting and, and all those children in the community that's grieving, but also the funeral directors that are tasked. And then the story of the tulip, you know, why do we have a tulip? Who, who wants to wear a funeral home merch? <laughs> and, and actually the intentionality of everything that we do as funeral directors and just showing people, you know, the true hearts. It says, you know, a show which pulls back the curtain, tears down the walls brick by brick and exposes the hearts of those who are caring for those you love. And that's, that's what my goal is. That's why I do it every week. It's fun. It's therapy for me to just sit and write the script out. And then I, you know, just, uh, and then you talk kind of go with it. Yeah. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. They're very well done. And you just kind of, sometimes you're thinking while you're speaking, I can tell, I can hear you thinking while you're speaking, but you also, (laughs) you make it, you make it interesting. Um, and you just talk to people. I love it. It's perfect. Meeting people where they are is very important. Extremely. And I follow Gary V a lot. Gary V he's, he, he has the potty mouth, but he has a brilliant mind and he has made a lot of 
he's made a lot of, hey, you need to be doing this, and it comes to fruition. Like TikTok, for instance, funeral directors on TikTok, what are you doing on TikTok? This is such a sacred thing, you know? And he says, if you're not on it on TikTok, 80% of you are going to leave this room and not ever do it. But I'm telling you, you need to meet people on TikTok. You need to meet people everywhere. So that's what the goal is with the podcast. However many people listen, whether it's hundreds or thousands, meet them where they are, on their walk or on their run or at the dinner table. It's important to meet them where they are. It's what we do in the funeral profession. I agree. I agree. You're doing a great job. You're everywhere. Thank you. So um, you promised your father-in-law <laughs> before he died, and he died this last May, right? We're, and and as it, for those listeners that are re-listening to this years from now, we're in 2022. So this yes. is kind of post-pandemic, and you went through this with your father-in-law, who was your boss, uh, wife's dad, right? The one you had to stand up against. That had to be really hard for you to bury a family member at your young age. Yes? Very much yeah. so. You can't you can't be the you can't be the family and the funeral. You director. cannot. You have to be one or the you other. Cannot. It's really hard. You have to step back. Yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you promised him three things. You would win the pursuit of excellence for NFDA. That's happened two times. Two times. Did your application yes, go in this year yet? Y- yes, ma'am. I bet. I can't wait to see you <laughs> so on stage. We're hoping, we're hoping for a trifecta. There you go. Yeah. Three eagles. What would you would become the premier provider in your market? Not only have you done that, is my guess. Yes. Yes. You've expanded yes, your market to Indiana. We're in Kentucky and Indiana, ten rooftops, and very proud of that. I, we went from my first year, one hundred fifty three families served, and we're just now under fifteen hundred families served. Good for you. Well, and he lived yes, to see man. it, so I'm no. I know he was he proud. Did. And what's the third one? Have part in revolutionizing the profession. That is a huge, that's like biting off a whole elephant instead of just the toe. This one, he didn't believe you could do. How do you think you're doing so far? I don't think that anybody that is a pioneer for something ever really thinks that they're a pioneer of something. Hmm. They do what they know and believe in to be right and just and intentional and thought provoking all of those things. And it's one foot in front of the other every single day and having this purpose. And my drive is revolutionizing. It is, it's the journey that we're on is what I think is revolutionizing the, the inclusion of female, the inclusion of technology, the inclusion of social media, all of these things create that story in which add to what is revolutionizing the funeral profession meeting people where they are before it was the four walls. I mean, I have goosebumps telling this. You had to have a funeral experience. You had to go to the funeral home and parlor. You had to go there. Well, now we're bringing it to you. The pandemic offered that opportunity with, with live streaming. And then now it's all these social media platforms that, you know, myself and a few others are really just diving into and saying, Hey, I know you're on your phone, on your couch, eating Doritos, but this is what we're here doing right now. That's real. And I, I really stand behind that. And one day when I'm 80 years old, if I live to be that, that I can be proud of what I've, what I've done. And maybe one day textbooks will be written about <laughs> me. I don't know. All the things you did to revolutionize. Well, we're not done with yeah. you yet today because you're really doing some cool stuff. Um, some other things that I want our listeners to hear if they haven't already heard about you. Um, and then there's this show coming up in August 6th of 2022, because during the pandemic, you did something very interesting. You went back to what you loved to do before you came into funeral service, which was write music and sing. Is that correct? 
and perform. That is. And I, perform. Yeah. I was going to be, I was going to be the next Justin Bieber. And I know that sounds really funny. That's part of this story because I was on my way. We had record labels and people interested in, and working with the producers who produced the posthumous Michael Jackson record. This was all really happening. Right. And, but, but at the same time, it was just this standstill and I was tired of being here, there and everywhere. I wanted this idea of roots. So actually when I started the funeral home, I grieved for two years and I was like, you can't be a successful artist and a successful, you know, funeral director. So there was this identity crisis. Oh, and that's that little guy sitting on your shoulder telling you can't do, you can't do, you can't do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then I realized during the pandemic, it took 10 years, but during the pandemic, as I'm experiencing anxiety and my mental health is shot, as are a number of our colleagues and people that we're serving, my gosh, we've lost so much, a will, money, a job, a family member, it just, it was awful. And I look up and I look and I see Billy Allen, who's just this solid, he, he's this. And for people who are watching, he, he's just a steady, he's the constant in our, in our, in our team. And he looked at me and he said, I'm just so, I'm so tired of my friends dying. And oh. that gets me every time because, you know, we are, we, you know, we're just trying to keep it between the between the lines at this point and I had to get it out somewhere you know telehealth although people love telehealth I'm not a telehealth guy but that's all that we were that's all that we were allowed at this time so I'm just writing I'm writing, writing. I, I write I write these uh I don't really even know how I sometimes start writing but they end up com- becoming a song and I'm I'm standing at my dresser and I'm like I'll never forget this moment it, it was May of last year and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have, I have all these songs. So May of last year, so it was May, I don't remember what day, but I called my producer, Nathan Walters, and I said, I've been writing for over a year. I'm sad. I need to record. And he said, okay. This is so a guy that started, you knew like 10 years ago who was a this producer. Is the guy that produced, this is the guy that produced and where my is first he? ever is record. Is he in Nashville? He is He's in Nashville and LA. And He's LA. at the Capitol Records studio. He's also in Nashville. And I wasn't going to be traveling. Can't travel right now. Uh, not just because of COVID, but because I'm a leader in the, at the funeral homes and I'm not going to fly to LA to record. But what I can do is he remotes in to my computer. Nice. We utilize software, Logic, and, and I'm set up with this awesome vocal uh, booth. And we start tracking. We start tracking this ultimately entire record which was inspired wholly because of covid a tragedy and now we look up and we're like oh my gosh we have all these incredible songs cool. and then that's that's how all that happened and then you throw in a few sprinkles which are the the viral tiktok video and it just it just has organically happened and then you look up 10 years later and you're like wow you can be a funeral director musician and mortician <laughs> so you can do it all good for you, you can. and and so I don't understand all the digital things that you guys can do with music. My husband is a drummer, uh, and he actually connected with his one of his good buddies, who is one of our guitarists and vocalists in his in one of his bands, and and they played remotely together. They just needed to play, so I get that he has a, an electric drum set in every one of his wherever he goes. He's got it. If he's not on the drums, he's not happy. 
So it's real. Yeah, it is real. And so good for you for finding an outlet for that. But let's talk about that a little bit before we conclude, because I want people to hear about your concert coming up, why you're doing it, and a little bit about your songs. And I, I went through some of the posts that have been on social media. One of the cool things that's happening, Nathan, and this is this is kudos to you. People are starting to show, young people are showing an interest in funeral service. The sad part of what what I'm seeing that I'm reading is that they can't get a funeral home to give them a break. They can't even get them to come in the door and say, hey, let me tell you about funeral service and why it's a great place to work. On the other side, we can't find good employees. So we have a little dichotomy going on here that needs to be fixed. And you are giving a message that funeral service is a wonderful profession to be part of. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for revolutionizing our profession by using your music. Um, I, I heard one of your songs called The Laundry Room, and it really touched me. And the reason it touched me was because this young lady had enough of her day. And she posted this on one of your social media platforms, doesn't matter which one. You got a hold of that, heard her story, and sang about it, and wrote a, wrote a song about her having to go in the funeral home laundry room because there was no other place for her to go, to just let it out, and to cry because she just had a day. And during COVID, I can't imagine how many funeral directors in our profession needed that place. At Bowie's, we put a quiet room, two quiet rooms in with a massage chair and a place you can listen to music, and hopefully they're listening to yours. If they're not, I'm going to make sure they are. Uh, a place with a little waterfall, just to get away and take a break. So you're helping funeral service become better. So tell us about your songs and anything else you want to tell us about your show. I think that everything we do has to be intentional. I think we have to pull this tough woman or guy mentality in the funeral profession down and say, I'm not great. I don't feel okay. And I'm sad. And this is a young woman that shared this story. And I was like, oh my gosh, the darkest, most probably least clean, uh, you know, that's where you take all your soiled linens and they have to go into the furthest part of the location that's serving people uh, and have a moment to themselves because they don't feel comfortable enough to maybe show that to their colleagues who too have devoted their lives to comforting right, you're and trying supporting. To hold up and be tough. Yep. Oh, and so I was like, this has to be, this has to be told. And that's what laundry room is about. We, we've all experienced that. And we have all of these songs, all of these songs convey a message similar to that. The single out now yet is that I'm not ready to go yet moment. How many times as directors have we been on the side of the chapel and the family are arm in arm around the casket of one they love more than anything in this life. And it's the last time they're going to see them on this side of it. Right. That the physical site before they're ushered to the family limo or cars. And it's they're not I'm ready not, to go. I'm yet. Not ready to go. And mm. that song has resonated for so many people. And I, that's why I say beautiful songs are birthed through tragedy because they really are. And you can't have a beautiful song without it. Just as you, in my opinion, can't have a beautiful, meaningful celebration without a beautiful song. That's true. That's and, true. And that, and that's is, how yet, that, yet your song yet was born. That's You're, how all of that happened. And then the caveat, all of that, the a TikTok goes viral February the 24th or 6th. And then from there, tens of thousands are coming and joining the TikTok community. And I realized I'm, I'm always thinking outside of the 
the box. I always say the proverbial tissue box, just to be witty. And that's good. You know, I the love calendars it. and the pens. Everybody can do that. But we wanted to create a sense of community. So we've done it before where we bring a concert to a community. AF Crow and Son, one of our locations, were just pummeled with death from COVID. And we wanted to create an opportunity for all the community members to come and have a moment of community, to have this sense of support and say, thank you for trusting us. Here is this opportunity and event to just have an experience that is a positive. So you had a post-COVID concert. Where That's what my thought's going to yeah, be. So that's how, that's how you're thinking. This is where we need to go. Oh, yeah. So then uh, I have a mentor that's been a mentor of mine for 10 years now. He says, Nathan, you know what? Because I would always share these songs with him. And he's like, this is a great song. He says, you know what? You should do the concert. I'm like, thanks, guy. So now here we are. It's like, okay, well, I am going to now perform and, and share these songs in this story. And uh, the reason why the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is going back to the reason I wrote from the beginning is because I was sad. I was lonely. I had this sense of depression and anxiety. And I know that everyone in some form or fashion, whether they acknowledge it or not, had some form of it. And we serve families because they succumbed to that feeling. And that's why. So 100% of net proceeds from this event will be benefiting the Lifeline, which the new phone number is 988, which eases people's ability, right, to get in touch with someone who's going to be able to assist right. them. And that is why we're doing it. All of that just wrapped in a <laughs> beautiful mess oh. we call life. But it's it's. But you're pulling it off. It's, and it's, it's August 6th, and it's going to be held. How do they get a hold of your tickets for this? Tell us more. Nathan morrismusic.com nathanmorrismusic.com they can purchase tickets there there are still some vip available they're going to receive a tour because of people on tiktok saying we want a tour so they're going to get a tour of af crow which is a block away from the historic plaza theater the day of the show that's wonderful some awesome swag these are vip ticket holders and then general admission of course as well but so general admission is only twenty dollars and your vip tickets are a hundred dollars but all the proceeds go to the national suicide hotline lifeline that's that's yes. out there 988 that is so wonderful that you're doing that and and on your songs will all be sung and then you have another group called the anthem lights they're from your market as well around you Anthem lights are from are from nashville from nashville. their songs and you probably don't even know you oh, you're probably songs. right they have millions and millions of followers on social media. They're a very, very, very popular group, and they will be performing alongside us as well. I saw you reach out on social media to ask everybody who they thought should accompany you. And this, yes. is, this is the name that kept coming up. The name, they were co-headlining with us from the get-go. Yes. There are two names that kept coming up to open the show. Yeah. That kept going over and over and over because we said, hey, we're going to let somebody open up. We're going to give you 250 Oh, so you have somebody local opening up. We have two artists, one from Nashville, one from Kentucky. Nice. And that goes to school in Virginia. Yes, they're opening up the show. This is exciting. So it's going to be this incredible evening. We've had tons of support from radio, local media, TV. It's it's wild, the, the response that we've gotten, not even only from local, but our profession. Our profession is showing up and supporting and it's really special to see. It is. You have a lot of sponsors from Funeral Service, and I'm glad to see they're getting behind you because this is what is going to revolutionize our profession. And how, how cool to combine it with a tour of the funeral home. What a great idea. Uh, I, hope I hope you have lots of tour guides people. because you, you might have thousands of people <laughs> want to go through. Make oh. sure you got lots of lemonade and cookies going. 
know, right? Or bourbon and beer. Well, that would be good too. That might, yeah. Oh, sell it so you can make some money there, right? That's, that's very true. That's hey, very Nathan, true. this is really great to be with you. Um, I know our listeners uh, probably listen to you all day long, and maybe we'll have to do this again post-concert. Um, if there's not a video of that concert, I hope somebody takes one. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to be out of the country and I am just kicking myself. I can't be there. But I hope all the listeners will go to NathanMorrisMusic.com and go listen to, not just listen to yet, but also sign up for this concert. You can go on Spotify and watch you do a video to the song yet. And that was really cool. I've been showing it to all my friends and family wow. and sharing it. So thank you for what you're doing for funeral service. Uh, Thank you for sharing here on our podcast, how to grow yourself as a leader. And if you want more information about how to be more successful in funeral service, I bet you if you contact Nathan after the concert, probably he'll be there (laughs) to help you with this. We so appreciate you. And how do people get a hold of you if they do want to reach out and just say, hey, I want to be like you. Nathan at MorrisFamilyServices.com. That's really my email. Or you can text me 270-456-4028. That is my number. So that is your cell number. Texting is awesome. I do it with my kids all the time. So they raise me to text. So I'm a good texting mom. Right. And grandma. So, hey, thank you again, Nathan Morris. And we'll we'll hopefully talk again soon and see how your concert goes. And go listen to his music, everybody. It's amazing. You are like the company you keep. Write that down. You are like the company you keep. Surround yourself with people who are far better than you. Never stop learning. Never stop growing. Never stop admitting fault. And not just say, I'm sorry, or not just say, oops, be better. Don't ever lie down and be bitter. This profession specifically needs each other. And until I breathe no more... I want to be accepting and receptive to others within this field. And Lisa, thank you for doing that with with me and teaching me and encouraging me and accepting me. This dumb kid from Kentucky. Be sure to follow me at Nathan Morris Music on TikTok. Special thanks to each of you who do that because we have created a safe space and place to gather and ask questions and listen to music and podcasts and stories and ideas and suggestions and there's more than one way to skin a cat please know that i know that my way or the highway is not how i think teach me never stop learning never stop growing at nathan morris on instagram at nathan morris on twitter nathan morris online on youtube and a partridge in a pear tree nathanmorrismusic.com right now grab you some swag grab some swag we have a lot of cool things in the works and hold tight. You are love far more than you could ever know. I appreciate you. Thank you for meeting me right here in this moment. Until next time.